0: I didn't want to go. I did not want to go. My wife, Cassie, has always wanted to go on a mission trip. You know, she she talks about Matthew 28 and the Great Commission, where going out to all the nations and making disciples, and how she wanted to be able to go and help those in need. And through a random Facebook advertisement, Cassie found something pop up on her newsfeed. It was for Nehemiah Vision Ministries, NVM for short. Now NVM, their purpose, their, their, their goal is to bring people from darkness to everlasting light. Sometimes quite literally. They give food for those who are hungry. They give clean drinking water for those who are thirsty. They help with shelter for those who need it. And in some cases, they provide electricity, literally bringing people from living in darkness to light. But I did not want to go on this trip. I did not want to go. My name is Brandon. Uh, As I mentioned before, I am the finance director here at Griffith First Christian Church, Uh, and today, uh, Sean is away on vacation, uh, so uh, you're stuck with me uh, today for the message. On the bright side, I'm quicker than Sean is, (laughs) so we'll go from there. But but I want to talk a little bit about this trip. We recently went on a medical mission trip to Haiti, but I did not want to go. When Cassie found out this organization, she found out that they conducted this medical mission trip, which basically means that people who are in the medical field, for example, my wife, who's a nurse, can go, as well as people who are in non-medical positions, like this guy who faints when he sees other people's blood, (laughs) and I'm as far away from any medicine things as possible. And this trip... We provided vitamins, and antibiotics, and wound care, and medical advice. I didn't provide any medical advice. The the actual professionals did. But we also provided something else. We provided laughter, and hugs, and tears. We provided hope, and prayer. I have made a lot of new friends when I went on this trip and I'm going to talk real quick to the people uh, online. Uh, if you're watching this from Colorado or Texas uh, or California or New York or wherever you might be right now, hello, I miss you guys. And I also made a new friend from Haiti. His name is Alex. Bonjour, Alex. Ça vous plaît? Mwen no show jodia, which means hello, what's up? I'm not hot today. Because in Haiti, it was brutal with temperature. And I didn't want to go on this trip. And there are many good reasons that I gave that I didn't want to go on this mission trip. I've never been overseas at all outside of an all-inclusive resort vacation. And so completely... Different atmosphere. I've never been without my phone with no Wi Fi and no cell signal for an entire week. And a couple of you guys are thinking, this guy can't live without his phone for an entire week. You know, I've got Albert probably who has the. the <laughs> <laughs> and here's this guy getting ready to go on this mission trip, and that's what I'm worrying about is that I don't have a phone. Or it was too expensive. I was thinking, how expensive this was going to be. You know, and I, I joked with Cassie with that hint of truth inside of it saying, consider this being like a trip to Disney World. This would be a once-in-a-lifetime experience because we're not going to do this again because it would be too expensive. Or it would be too dangerous going to Haiti. Here's me I'm I'm a paranoid person by trade. I'm, I'm paranoid at work. I'm paranoid at home, I'm paranoid at church. I'm paranoid wherever I go We're gonna go. We're not gonna make it there we're gonna crash in the sea. We're gonna get there, we're gonna get kidnapped or mugged. We're gonna get into the facility, and we're gonna get sick from some disease because we drank the water on accident. We're gonna leave and we're not gonna be able to leave because then there's gonna be a hurricane that's gonna come and we're not gonna be able to go. The airport's gonna fly away. We're not gonna make it. It's just there are so many different things that I worried about. And the big one that I had, or at least the one that I used a lot, was the fact that this was a medical mission trip. And let me remind you, I hate wounds and blood and everything. I get woozy. I get real lightheaded real quick when somebody gets hurt. Like it's, Cassie got a cut once, and she's like, oh no, I got a cut. And I'm like, all right, you, you go do that. I'll... I'll uh, I'll be in the other room. If you need anything, you can text me when you get (laughs) fixed. Uh, In sum, I was terrified. I was terrified to go. But there was one thing that weighed on me a lot more than all of these worries and paranoias that I had. And that was the fact that my wife, well, she was going to go whether I went or not. She's like, You do you, but I'm going to go on this mission trip. You can stay if you want. You can go. And I was not going to let her go by herself on this mission trip because of all the things I just talked about is going to happen. I'm not going to be the one stuck here, not being able to do anything. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to suck it up. I'm going to type out my email. Hey, Sylvia, I want to go. Here we go. Cool. Done. And then I began to worry. That's what I do. And we do that a lot. We worry about a lot of things. And this is me kind of mostly preaching to myself, but you guys might be able to relate. We worry about a ton of different things. We worry about our clothes. Like, for example, you know, do I have like a coffee stain on, on my shirt? Or, or does this shirt make me look fat because it doesn't have the stripes that go down? It has the stripes that go like an equator. And, or, you know, we worry about our homes. You know, I, I can't invite my friend over to my home because it's, it, it's too messy. Or you might not even, you might say, you know, I, I'm not even going to invite my friend over at all because my house is too small. Or we worry about, we worry about our job and we say, am I doing the right thing? Am I impressing my boss? Am I doing just enough to not get fired? Am I, if you're more serious note, am I going to get laid off? this summer. We worry about our reputations and our image and how people see us. Do people like me? Do people respect me? Do people really care about me? Do people really love me? We worry about God and God's plan for us. Is God really doing this in my best interest is this thing that's happening right now really what god wants is does god really understand what i'm going through is god really sending me to go do this or go do that or go here or go there in my case god was sending me to haiti and i didn't want to go but god tells us not to be afraid in Matthew 6:26, it says this. It's up on the screen. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And are you not much more valuable than they are? So why do we fear? Why do we worry? Why are we always so scared to make decisions and follow God's lead? Today, I want us to talk about James chapter 1. If you didn't bring a Bible, or if you don't have a Bible app on your phone, it's in the Bible in the chair in front of you, and it starts on page 854. And this book, and in this chapter specifically, while I was in Haiti, I read this chapter over and over and over and over. Every day, I read this chapter. Don't know why? Well, I mean, I know why. God told me to do it. But I... I I had to read this chapter over and over and over again. And so I want to read in the New International Version verses 2 through 8 really quickly. So in verses 2 through 8 in James chapter 1, it says this, "'Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, "'whenever you face trials of many kinds, "'because you know that the testing of your faith "'produces perseverance. "'Let perseverance finish its work "'so that you may be mature and complete, "'not lacking anything.'" If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all that they do. Let me read verses 5 and 6 one more time. It says, If any of you lacks wisdom you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault. And it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. Now, the Bible that I took with me to Haiti was actually the New Living Translation version. And I want to read it. It's going to be up on the screen in just a second. I want to read verses 5 and 6 from the New Living Translation version, the version that I kept reading over and over. Verses five and six, it says, if you need wisdom, if you want to know what God wants you to do, ask him and he will gladly tell you. I love this next part. He will not resent your asking. But when you ask him, be sure that you really expect an answer. For a doubtful mind is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. So if you want wisdom, if you want wisdom in what to do, if you want wisdom in making the right decision, if you want wisdom in in the next step of your faith of saying, God, what do you want me to do? If you want wisdom in figuring out what God wants from you in your life, ask him. But expect an answer. And when you do, you need to listen and not doubt. And that's tough. We ask God, 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 give me, give me the wisdom to, to make this decision. I don't know what to do. Uh, I, I, I need help. And God's like, all right, dude, this is what you got to do. And this is how I picture him talking to me. He says, I need you to do this and do that. Oh, and by the way, I need you to stop doing that. And you're like, eh, is that you, God? I don't, mm hmm, I don't know if that's really you, let me ask you again, I need to know, and God's like, dude, I'm telling you, this is what you gotta do, you also need to not do this, and, and, and you doubt, you say, I don't know if this is, is this really God? Well, maybe if I ask in a different way, or, or, or maybe if I pray with different words, or, or maybe if I pray again later next week, may, maybe, maybe his answer will change, or, or maybe I'll have somebody else pray for me, and ask them to ask God for me, and maybe they'll get a different answer, and they can come back and talk to me. But it's very clear in verse 6 when it says that we should not doubt in his calling. Otherwise we will continue to be bounced around not receiving anything, feeling unfulfilled, feeling unguided, and feeling unsure. But why do we fear? Why are we so held down to fear? God He calls us not to be afraid. He calls us to be strong and courageous. He calls us to be warriors of prayer and of faith. He calls us to be his sold out followers of Jesus Christ. And he doesn't take leftovers. He wants our entire lives dedicated, sold out to Him. We're going to continue on with some worship today. And as we stand and sing, I encourage you to not be a slave to fear. But instead, I encourage you to call out to our Lord and ask him for wisdom. Ask him to show what it is that he wants from you. But when you do, expect an answer. So, now what? What does my medical mission trip to Haiti have to do with you at all. Today, I'm encouraging you to do something. I'm encouraging you to pray to God to show you the wisdom, to show you what God wants you to do. And I'm also convicting you to obey. You see, I finally went on this mission trip but I went for the completely wrong reasons. And God still used this trip to turn my life upside down, to completely give me an entire new perspective that I've never seen before, to give me this fire to have a purpose in life, to share with others To help those in need. To be with those who need Jesus. To help those who are overlooked. We're going back into James chapter 1. And we're going to read a latter verse in 22 through 25. So in verse 22 through 25, it says this. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves do what it says. For anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. And I'm going to read those verses again from the version that I took with me to Haiti that spoke to me, it's going to be up on the screen, 22-25, James chapter 1, says this. And remember, it is a message to obey, not just to listen to. If you don't obey, you're only fooling yourself. For if you just listen and don't obey, it's like looking at your face in a mirror, but doing nothing to improve your appearance. You see yourself, you walk away, and you forget what you look like. But if you keep looking steadily into God's perfect law, the law that sets you free, and if you do what it says, and don't forget what you've heard, then God will bless you for doing it. And in this verse, in verse 25, there's two important things. Number one, it's calling you to do whatever it is that God is calling you to do to not resist him, not resist his calling for you and your heart. But second, it's calling a promise. It's saying that I am promising to bless you for doing it. If you listen to what you are supposed to be doing and you doing, you will be blessed in doing it. So what does it look like for you? What does it look like for me? Maybe it's getting involved with all you've got in the mission field right here at home. My new friend Gary, one of the leaders uh, of the mission trip that we went with, uh, he continued to say this about a hundred times, that the mission field is not Haiti. It's not. And if you don't get anything out of this entire message, and you're waiting, waiting, waiting for Sean to come back next week, remember this one thing. Just remember this one thing that my friend Gary talked to me about. The mission field is wherever you are at. It's in Haiti, sure, if you're there. But it's also here in Northwest Indiana. It's also here in these walls of GFCC. It's also here in our own town, of Griffith, Indiana. It's also in your home with your family. The mission field is wherever you are at. So what do you need to do? Maybe you need to get involved in outreaching to the community right here in Griffith First Christian Church and in the surrounding community of Griffith and Highland. We have a booth uh, on Fridays at the Griffith Market And we would love to have people there to help serve our community. So grab your blue shirts, find Donnie Gordon, who's our deacon of outreach, and talk with him about getting involved into the community. Or maybe you need to get involved in our missions ministry and see how we can change the world. Or maybe you need to talk to me and let me know that you're Possibly, maybe, kind of, sort of, a little bit, almost mm, interested in doing a mission trip of your own or a mission trip with me. I would love to have the opportunity to talk with you guys in a lot more detail about my mission trip and how it completely changed my entire life. And I would love to have the opportunity to bring somebody else to this kind of area to have your life changed too. Remember last week's sermon when Sean talked about who's your one? Who's that one person that you're trying to reach for Jesus? Who's that one person you're trying to get into heaven? They are your mission field. And maybe it's inviting them to church or inviting them to a Bible study or inviting them to a small group and mentoring and shepherding those who are new to the faith. Or maybe, maybe you just need to be a warrior of prayer. And maybe you need to pray for our church. Pray for our leaders to make strong decisions of moving forward. Pray for those who are new to the faith, that they can grow to learn to love Jesus, and become fully surrendered followers of him. Maybe you need to pray for those people who don't know Jesus, that they can come here and they can experience God's love in this place. Maybe you need to listen to God's calling and take your next step, whatever that might be. Maybe that's getting baptized, or placing your membership, or beginning to tithe, or getting involved in missions, Maybe it's taking that next step. Maybe it's changing your life altogether to realign your life with what God is calling you to do and how God is calling you to be and how God is calling you to act. When we ask God for wisdom and when we obey His calling and when we realize that every day is a mission trip and that the mission field is not just Haiti but the mission field is wherever you are at God is going to do amazing things in our lives. They will just blow you away. Remember, I went on this mission trip with completely the wrong mindset. And God still used that to completely change my life. And he can change yours too.